Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. And I want to just share with you today a message entitled The Power of the State. Uh, I've been a pastor in, in May that just went by. I've been a pastor at City Point Church for 23 years. I, I know some of you are like, Wow. Tim came on staff at like four or five years of age. I know, I know that's what you're thinking, uh, but that's not correct. I am 45 years of age at the moment, and uh, I turned 45 this year. And uh, you know, I got a body. Played a lot of football. I feel like I'm 145 when I got out of bed this morning. Uh, but 23 years of ministry. Listen, I've watched a lot of people come and go. I've seen some people with greater gift sets than me. I look back at my gift set, and I think my gift set is wrapped up in the fact that I'm still here. That's been key part of my gift set. I'm still in the house of God. I still love Jesus with everything that's in me. Listen, I still love His church and I still know that His church is the hope of the world. I look across this building, I see the hope for the peninsula right here in this room. I know that, I understand that. 23 years of serving God, 23 years prior to City Point Church being City Point. When it was Brisbane Christian Armory Centre, I came on staff. City Point Church, Serving with Pastor Mark and Lee for 21 years, even prior to them. I, I, I've served God and I've watched people come and go. I've watched people go through the challenges. I've watched leaders come and go. I've watched leaders come in with prophetic gifts, can preach the house down. Uh, just amazing gift sets that can like song lead as well as preach. I've watched that happen so many times. And listen, some of them people aren't even in the kingdom of God anymore. It made me realize that the power of the stay is so important. I look at this year for Wendy and I, in January, we celebrated 10 years at City Point West. Uh, City Point West, prior to me, uh, was known in the movement as the graveyard of pastors because it had so many pastors come and go through our location, City Point West. Uh, I am obviously the longest serving pastor at City Point West by a long, long way. And many pastors come, go on tough environments sometimes. If you know Anala, uh, one of the lowest socioeconomic areas in, in Australia, a very multicultural community, which I'm so grateful for. 25% of Anala is actually still government housing today. Generational poverty, generational welfare, huge issues with abuse. Uh, you know, I, I understand that there was challenges to being in Anala. When we first went there in 2011, Mission Australia wanted to do what they called the Great Australian Sleep Out. So they asked if they could sleep their staff members from right across Brisbane come together and ask if they could sleep in our church at City Point West as their great Australian sleep out to uh, to think about people that are uh, living on the streets to raise money for the homeless uh, community and also to do that 90% of the staff refused to sleep in our church inside our locked building because it was an hour you know, there is some challenges there. And I get that and I understand that. When we first went there, we'd pick up 20 needles a week before church on Sunday morning. There, there's challenges in our society and community. We have been broken into a number of times. Before Faith, Love and Hope, three years ago, my office was broken into. The church was broken into. We had $50,000 worth of stuff stolen. Our, our church bus got stolen. Unfortunately, they didn't burn it out and we didn't get insurance on it. Uh, they, we got it back, unfortunately. But... Uh, whole bunch of stuff. My faith, love and hope offering gift that I've been saving 
I wanted to give cash that year. I've been saving cash, putting it in my drawer in my office. It got stolen three weeks before Faith, Love and Hope. We've gone through challenge after challenge. I, I could tell story after story, the issues that we go through, but we're still here. Let me be clear about one thing. The power of the stay isn't turning up. The power of the stay is the fact that you're not just here, but you're here filled with vision. You're here filled with knowing the promises of God. You're you're here filled with the reality of what God actually has for us to do. Listen, the fullness of our outworking of church life isn't sitting in this building right now. The fullness of our church life is being filled with the Spirit of God, the hope of Jesus Christ inside of us and taking it from this room into our community, seeing transformation, seeing change. That's the reality of what God has for us. I think back to the fact 10 years of being at City Point West and serving God, filled with vision of passion. I know that when we went there 10 years ago, a promise came to me. God said in 20 years time, Anala's different because you're here. Anala's different because City Point West is here. I've held that promise for 10 years and there's 10 years ahead of holding that promise saying, God, you have more for us. The power of the stay isn't just turning up tomorrow morning at City Point West, isn't just turning up to church on Sunday. The power of the stay is keeping a hold of the fullness of what God has for it. And listen, there's a story in the Bible that has my favorite Bible character of all time. You know, there's some great Bible characters. There's some awesome ones. I look back at the Daniel. You know, here's a guy that purposes in his heart at a young age. He won't defile himself and he, he, he lives and doesn't make you know, wrong choices and, and he gets thrown into a, a, a lion's den for that. And he gets out and he shows the goodness of God. I love stories like that, right? I think of my son, Josh. He's 19. And from a young age, he's decided, I want to be a pastor. I want to serve God. He left school. He's running a business. And he's running a business with one aim. I want to build up enough finance for myself that I can go into ministry and serve God. That's, that's what his whole heart is in that. I love the, the, the Daniel stories. It's not a reflection of most of us in the room. I get it. We're, most of us are like David. Stuff up do good stuff up and can I have an amen from somebody that knows those ones you can keep your hand down I saw it almost come up yeah you can keep it down that was an older call time right there but this guy is another guy his name's Caleb listen this guy is the guy that understands the stay better than most and when we go into Joshua chapter 14 and listen I'm not going to read the scripture because I know when I do you're going to go on your phone and Facebook and I'm going to lose you. So let me just tell you the story. And you can read on later. It's behind me on the screens. uh, Or you can go and read yourself. But this guy uh, is 85 years of age. Listen, I'm going to go through his story, how he gets to 85. But the age of 85, he comes and stands in front of the guy who's the leader of the children of Israel at the time. His name is Joshua. And he says this to Joshua. He says, listen, Joshua, I'm 85 years of age. And 45 years ago, when I was 40, Moses promised me, he said, whatever your feet tread on, the place that you go and you want is yours. And he says this, he says, I want that piece of land that's filled with the giants that made the children of Israel scared 45 years ago. I want that piece of land. He said, that land is the best land. That land has got the the greatest stuff. He said, I wanted that land 45 years ago. Moses promised it to me. And 45 years later, I stand here at 85 and I'm going to take that land. Listen, 
The guy's 85 years of age. I look around this room. Some of you look like you're getting close to that. Some of you are a long way away from that. This morning it was so cold I felt like that. I get the reality of the situation that's going on here. He's 85 and he says, I want that land. I'm 85. And listen, he makes this statement. He says, I still have the strength now that I had then. I still have the passion now that I have then. I'm still holding the promise now that I had right back there. Listen, this is the power of the stay. The power of the stay isn't turning up the church Sunday morning and scraping through life tomorrow, right through to next Saturday, that you can get back into church and hear Pastor Carolina preach and go, I needed that because I'm barely scraping through life. The power of the stay is a guy that stands here at 85 and says, I'm still holding my promise. I'm not letting my promise go. It's a promise of God for my life. It's a promise of God for my future. And listen, today I want to talk to you about how we keep a hold of that in our lives. Through our seasons, through our tough moments. Listen, this guy is 85 years of age and he's still got the energy. Many of us could look back and go, well, it's probably easy for him because he had a good start in life. Listen, a million people came out of Egypt. A million people came out of slavery. They're there for 300, 400 years of slavery, of challenge of issues, of problems. His life was founded not on great things, but was founded on slavery in Egypt. I I look at my son. I'm grateful that my son has grown up in a house where he's had parents that love him. He's had a mum and a dad that stand with him. I know, and I look in Anala, most of the the community in Anala grow up in a single-parent family or no parents at all and living with grandma or auntie or, or different people in their community that are are raising them today. They don't always have the foundation. Listen, this guy wasn't a guy that grew up in great foundation. He grew up in slavery. In fact, he grew up in generational slavery, in generational poverty, with only an understanding of mess. Listen, this guy was in a time watching people that wouldn't allow them to have their their children and they they were killing kids because they didn't want the community to grow. He grew up seeing this stuff. He grew up only knowing mess and he had to escape out of it with another million people. Listen, two guys, two guys of a whole generation that escaped slavery made it to the promised land. Two, Caleb and Joshua, two. Understand that how we grow up does affect our life hugely, but it isn't the whole of our lives. You may walk into this room growing up in mess. My boy Josh down here, He has grown up in an environment where there's been generational challenge. He doesn't grow up in a Christian home. He's one of the first people in his family that comes to church and sits in the house of God. And he loves Jesus, but he's had to escape mess. Grown up in an environment where drugs are normal. Grown up in an environment when alcohol is normal. Grown up in an environment where mess is normal. It's the normal. And he knows the challenge of trying to escape from that. We've sat together for countless hours talking through how 
we build our lives through the challenge of slavery. If you're in this room today and you're still feeling like you're a slavery to your, to your childhood, to abuse, to brokenness, I want to tell you today, get into a place where you can walk through discipleship with somebody and they can lead you to wholeness. They can lead you to miracles in your life. They can lead you to a point of freedom. Because listen, Joshua and Caleb, they walked out of slavery and when they saw brokenness, they left the slavery behind and said, God, you've got an inheritance for us. A million others didn't. A million others walked to the edge of the promise and turned their back and a whole generation needed to die till the promise could be inherited. The power of the state takes us to turn our backs on the slavery of our past, of sin, of brokenness, of abuse, of despair, of generational poverty and hurt that's in your life. Listen, I know there's some deep mess in this room. I know some people have been hurt deeply. I know some people have had to deal with abuse in your life. Some of you had to deal with racism. Some of you had to deal with mess of your situations. But I want to tell you today, we serve a Jesus that can set you free, that can break the bondage of slavery in your life and set you free and lead you into a path of wholeness for who you are. Your start point doesn't dictate your future. The power of the stay is the reality of this. My start point isn't what is the, the, the dictator for me. The promises of the Word of God, the life and the promises that God has for me is what speaks to my reality of who I am. Listen, he went from slavery to wilderness. Just like another million people, the power of the stay led him through a place of wilderness in his life. That wilderness is a reality for all of us many times. Some of us have bad days, right? Again, this is not older call moment. Some of us had bad weeks. Some of us have had a bad year. I, I understand this. We, we have moments that we feel like we're in the wilderness. I've had wilderness moments in my life. I've had wilderness no, moments in my personal life. I've had wilderness moments in my church life, in my being a pastor life. I think back on a week that I had uh, a couple of uh, years, probably six years ago. I had a week that was death for me. It was so heartbreaking. It started with a Monday morning. I come into the office early and I was actually praying with my assistant pastor and we're praying about some things. I get a knock on the door and I'd had a, like 10 missed phone calls from one of our, our life group leaders. And I get a knock on the door and I noticed it's the life group leader knocking on my office door comes in and tells me that one of our church members committed suicide overnight on Sunday night. Uh, Sunday morning, this guy used to bring the pulpit up for me every week. Sunday morning, brought the pulpit up and when he was going to leave church, had a fight with his wife. And that fight got really bad. He walked home, his wife come home, the fight got even worse. He started drinking, got incredibly drunk. His kids come over trying to talk sense into him and about... One o'clock in the morning, he had such a bad fight with his son. His son said, why don't you go kill yourself and put us all out of our ministry? We're sick of you. Three o'clock in the morning, he messaged his wife, if you don't ring me in five minutes, I'm going to hang myself. And at three o'clock in the morning, hung himself. Uh, I've spent a whole week trying to walk a family through utter mess, trying to help a son through the words that he, last words he spoke to his father. Uh, messed up family situation as it was, to walk them through... Uh, I actually went fishing for a day in the middle of that week. I'm like, I just need to go spearfishing, get my head out of this for a minute. 
and I had a friend fly over from Western Australia and I was taking him spearfishing. I, I landed back in on the boat and I had a whole bunch of missed calls from my wife. I rang my wife and she rang to tell me one of our church elders, who I loved dearly, had passed away. Oh, it's just like, what a week from hell. Uh, dealing with this situation and then somebody I loved dearly. I, I just, I actually broke down and cried. I was standing at the boat ramp next to my boat and my mate from Australia, you all right? And I'm just like, I'm crying. I'm heartbroken. Listen, I've had some wilderness weeks. I could go on and on and on telling you of wilderness weeks. We had uh, a month where one of our young girls in our youth ministry, uh, someone that Joshy knew, uh, was sniffing uh, a Rexona can and had a heart attack at the age of 12 and died. Uh, I got a phone call. I was in the movies with one of my youth leaders and my wife and a few others and phone ringing 50 times it was the young girls at this house and we raced over there to watch them wheel out this young girl on a stretcher and she passed away just a few hours later uh you know a month after that uh, our youth pastor completely blew up his life and made some terrible decisions and i had to walk a whole youth ministry through brokenness of losing a young girl now losing their youth pastor watch my son sit on a on a platform and, and just have tears rolling down his cheeks when we talk him through what's going on in our youth ministry Listen, I've had those wilderness moments. Remember one week, uh, two of my staff members both faced divorce from no fault of their own in one week. I, we have these wilderness moments, these mess moments in our life. But listen, this guy walked through the wilderness and stood at the end of the promised land and said, that's ours. The power of the stay is walking through the wilderness and keeping the promise before you. The Bible tells us that God led them through the wilderness, not through the shortest way, because he knew a million would go back to Egypt. This is what the Bible says. If you don't believe me, go and read it. In Numbers, when they're coming out, he says, I didn't lead you through this way. I led you around the long way because I knew you'd want to go back when it got tough. In fact, got so tough, they stood at the edge of the Red Sea. Listen, this guy stood at the edge of the Red Sea with everybody else. The Egyptians were coming behind. Moses brings a miracle. They all walk through. And you know what happens within weeks of that? They're making calves, golden calves to worship other gods. But not these guys. They're there going, come on, there's one God. He made a way. He, he, he made the miracles. You know, sometimes in the power of the stay, your next challenge can make the last miracle disappear. We all face palm when we think of the children of Israel, but how many times have you seen a miracle and the next challenge you face, you are freaking out? Again, this is not moment for hands to go up here because the truth is all of us put our hand up to this. All of us do. All of us have our freak out moments. God, you just did the most incredible miracle you got me a job, a better job. This is amazing. What do you mean? There's other redundancies coming around. What if I lose my job like I did last time? Oh my goodness, I'm freaking out. Oh my. Can I have an amen from somebody that knows what I'm talking about in the house? Listen, this guy understood the power of the stay and kept holding on. He's not there worshiping calves with everybody else. No wonder Moses come down like, you stupid freaking people. Pastor Sam in Carolina sometimes, you stupid freaking people. <laughs> Pastor Mark to Sam, 
Pastor Mark to Sam in Carolina sometimes, you stupid freaking people. The Pope, the pastor, no, it's, you know. Listen, they get now to the promised land. They get there and they go and spy it out. Ten people are messed up and don't see the power of this. Two walk in there and go, this is ours. Listen, a faith attitude. A faith attitude. When we do put on the mind of Christ, we put on a faith attitude that changes our thinking, changes our believing. If I see anything in Anala, I see that the brokenness of the past has so affected the, the, the challenges of people's life that they miss the power of the miracles that come when we see what God can do in our lives. I love the scripture says, count it all joy when we go through various trials. It produces. Listen, trials always produce. If we have a faith attitude, we put on the mind of Christ, it produces endurance and strength. It produces faith to push forward. If we don't, it produces death. I've seen better leaders than me die in their mess. I've seen better leaders than me in their brokenness and in their challenges because they didn't know the power of the stay. They couldn't look into the challenges that go on before them and say, you know what? God, you've got something more for us. You've got promises. You've been speaking it for hundreds of years. That promise was there for us. You spoke it to my ancestors. You spoke it to those before me. They didn't know how to hold on to that and how to on and to spy out the miracles that lay before them. You know what? Everybody else's mess led this guy at the age of 40 to turn from his promise. He saw it. He walked on his promise for another 40 years walking around the wilderness again. I understand this, that sometimes your mess is not your fault. I, I get that. Listen, I, I, I preach to people today that sometimes the difficulties you face have nothing to do with you and I'm sorry for that I, I know your pastors love you and if they could they would apologize for every mess that you have to face it is not your doing I, I in Anala see people having to deal with other people's mess all the time I look at some of our youth kids that have had to walk through years of mess because their youth pastors let them down I understand that sometimes your mess is not your fault Listen, other pastors may let you down. I know I've let people down. I'm not perfect. I'd love to be. I stand up here and I preach the word today, but I stand up here as a fallible human being, just like your pastors. And sometimes that causes mess in people's world. This guy for 40 years has to walk around the wilderness back into mess, back into rubbish, back into situations that are difficult. I know I've gone through situations where I've dealt with others that have made mess made my job as a pastor more difficult people leave church community that always hurts me because I love the people in my church community all of this can drain your stay here's a guy 40 years no draining of the stay 40 years he's still there he's still excited he's still holding the promise he's still seeing it and it led him back after 40 years to cross the Jordan River. Listen, crossing the Jordan River was five years before him standing here and saying, Joshua, the promise is mine. It was five years before. He crosses the Jordan. He stood there. He went in as a spy. He went out for 40 years in other people's mess, waiting for them to die out. 
so he could come back to his promise. And he stands there now. He crosses the Jordan. Listen, crossing the Jordan into his promise was the start of the battle. The Bible tells us for five years, he fights for everybody else. For five years, he's in warfare and he's fighting for all the other tribes. For five years, he's fighting battle after battle. He was there when they blew the trumpet and the walls fell down. He was there when they were, when they were lied to and they had to face the challenges because of that. He was there when all the kings gathered together to come against the armies of Israel. He was there all the way through. Five years. Listen, sometimes the pastor, I feel like I'm fighting everybody else's battles and no one's fighting mine. I've had that feeling many times. I feel like I've stood at times in the front of church and all week I've been fighting for families, doing funerals, walking with people through mass. And I'm standing alone other than the fact I've got a promise before me of what God's called me to do. Listen, those feelings sometimes have no truth to them, but they're my feelings. This guy for five years fights for everybody else. Fights for everybody else. And you know what I love? In amongst that fighting for everybody else, he probably could have just settled and went, I'm not gotten going to go and fight for that piece of land that's where the giants live I'm 85 I'm just going to get a beautiful little you know house by the side of the Jordan I'm going to buy a boat I'm going to get like a jetty out there I'm just going to go fishing every day stuff this fighting stuff the Anakim live up in those mountains Hebron's the place that yes it looks nice well, gee, it's going to be painful taking it. It's the fortified cities. It's the strong walls. Why don't I just quit? I look on 10 years after taking City Point West. We took a little church that had doors shut six days a week, open one day, that nobody knew of in the community, to a place that seven days a week, we've got something going on. We're feeding thousands of people every week. Last year, in the last 12 months, we gave away 1 million kilograms of fruit, vegetables, bread, milk. Gave away. Gave away. Last week after church, I got invited by local council to come along to an award ceremony. He said, I've been nominated for an award. I, I didn't actually know. I tried to get out of it. I tried to send... JP, one of my staff members, to go because I thought it was just a nomination thing. It's on Sunday. I'm busy. I've got a million things to do. And JP was away, unfortunately, so I had to go. Uh, I took Deuce, my girl, and I took Kylie, one of my staff members. I even said to Wendy, don't bother going. It's just a stupid nomination thing. I'll just go in and go out just because she, this council lady rang me like 20 times during the week to go. I turn up at this award ceremony. She's like, oh, you come sit down the front here. Anastasia Palaget, uh, Milton Dick, our federal member, um, the local council. They go through all these nominations. In the end, I win the award for the community champion, Queensland Day Award, and Anastasia Palaget give me an award for this. And uh, I'm just like, listen, 10 years ago, no one knew who City Point West was. Now as a church, we're huge impact into the community. Our premier notices our church and what it's doing in our community. Actually funny, I was standing there and, 
they'd taken photos and uh, Anastasia Palaget said, on the count of three, everyone, Queenslander. And uh, she's like, Queenslander. I'll stand right beside her, Milton Dix on this side. And I'm like, go the Blues. <laughs> Boy. True story, true story. My, uh, one of my staff members took a photo and Anastasia Palaget's face is priceless. <laughs> she got like anger looks. I, I swear she was going to take that award back off me right there. Listen, we could just stop and say, we've done some cool stuff. Seen church grow hugely. Seen our influence grow hugely. But I felt God say in 20 years time, Anala's different. Yes, Anala is different. It's changing, right, Joshy? But it's, God's not finished yet. God's not finished yet. Housing prices are doubled in 10 years. Things are changing, but God's not finished yet. There's a community still to be transformed. There's still too many addicted people. There's still too many pubs in my city. There's still too much mess going on around. He could have built a little house beside the river and quit at 85. And everyone would have said, you deserve that, mate. Good on you. Pat on the back. But listen, the power of this day is the reality that till we die, God's still got something great for us to do. I don't care how old you are in this room. God's got something for you. And it happens here in the house of God. It happens here when we say, God, I know you do. His inheriting meant fighting for everybody else. And then when he's finished, standing before Joshua and saying, Joshua, I'm not done yet. I still have the strength at the 85 as I had at 40. I'm still ready to inherit. I'm still ready to take my promises. I'm still ready to take a hold of God and what He has for me. I'm still ready to walk into the mission of destroying every one of these Anakin, destroying the giants and kicking them out of this land and knocking down some big walls. I'm still ready to do that. Can I just say today, this church has done some great stuff in the last couple of years. Incredible. Seen growth. I remember when we first, even before Sam and Kay came, when we first took on City Point, I was here preaching every Sunday night, back in the day doing that and being a part of what we're doing here and, and seeing Sunday night where it was cold and no one else here but me preaching. I feel like Pastor Mark sent me here because he didn't want to come. It was just that place. And now this place is pumping and the, God's moving. There's a move of God in the peninsula and it's wrapped up around what we're doing. But listen, He's not finished yet. Yes, our pastor may be sick. Yes, we may be going through a challenge. Yes, we have been in the wilderness. Yes, we're still fighting. Yes, we walked over the Jordan and we're in the promise. And the promise means there's still hard work to do. You have senior pastors that are standing with you every day and praying. Great leadership in the house of God saying there's more for us to do. The power of the stay isn't turn up next week and scrape through another week. The power of the stay is turn up next week. There's vision for us. There's a community to transform. There's a community to change. Why? Because listen, Jesus' work on the cross 2,000 years ago was enough. It was enough for the peninsula. It was enough for our community. It was enough to see change and transformation no matter what people are walking through today. Jesus is enough. And His local church is the hope of the world to carry Jesus to this community. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.